Welcome to Newest, Latest, Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best the games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Thursday, August 10th, 2017. All the news of potential real-life nuclear war got you down. Why not prepare for it with Fallout 4? Bethesda announced today that they will be releasing a Game of the Year edition of Fallout 4. The question, of course, is of which year? Fallout 4 (laughs) debuted in November of 2015, and here we are two years later. Fallout 4 will be re-released in a Game of the Year edition that includes all six of the big DLC add-ons for Fallout 4, Automatron, Wasteland Workshop, Far Harbor, Contraptions Workshop, Vault Tech Workshop, and Nuka World, all of the big DLC packs that were released. That is a ton of content. No price announcement on the Game of the Year edition, but one suspects that it will be less than $60, uh, that's my guess. Alongside this Game of the Year announcement is also the announcement that they will be bringing back the famed Pip-Boy edition of Fallout 4 for another run. The Pip-Boy edition, of course, was the big, massive, expensive uh, collector's edition that shipped with a functional Pip-Boy arm-mounted display. That let you slot in your smartphone and use the uh, accompanying Fallout 4 app in the smartphone to play the game like a real Vault Tech survivor with a Pip-Boy strapped to your wrist. Those sold out over and over again when Bethesda put them out uh, at the big price point of 120 bucks. This re-release edition of the Pip-Boy version of Fallout 4 uh, will be only 100 bucks, so less expensive than the original Pip-Boy, and will be sold exclusively in North America at, quote, select retailers. We don't know which retailers those will be yet, but both versions, the Game of the Year version and the Pip-Boy edition, will be available on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on September 26th. So if you are one of those rare people that never played Fallout 4, or if you did play it and you want to experience all of the DLC in one place, might be a good opportunity to jump back into the wasteland. Me, I'm waiting for that VR version of Fallout 4 on Vive to revisit this awesome game. And I'm a little surprised, quite honestly, that this... Press release did not include any mention of that because we've heard that is coming this year. And there's been a bunch of rumors about a PlayStation VR version of Fallout 4 alongside the Vive version of Fallout 4. And having played Fallout 4 in VR twice now at two E3s, I can tell you it's going to be pretty cool. So I'm really excited to play me some Fallout 4 in VR. Bring it on! Speaking of VR, I talked yesterday about the surprise release of Res Infinite on PC, on Vive, and Oculus. 
and how much I loved that game when it launched on PlayStation VR, but I thought it was a bummer that they buried the best part of it, Area X, behind a locked wall of having to finish the original old game. Well, I downloaded the Oculus version yesterday to give it a spin to see how much it's improved on PC, and I am very pleased to report Area X is available from the main menu right at start. So you don't even have to worry about playing the old Res. It's fun, I will admit, to revisit Res again uh, in VR. It's cool, but it's nothing compared to Area X, the bonus revamped version of Res that they made specifically for VR. It is all too short because I could be in that universe for hours, uh, but it is worth the price of admission alone. This is a $20 product. If you never even touch the old Res, if you've played Res on many platforms and you don't need to play it through again, it's still worth the $20, in my opinion, to play Area X. It's that mind-blowing. It's that good. And kudos to them for uh, having it unlocked right in the menu. You don't have to play through the, the original game like you did on the PlayStation 4, PlayStation VR version. And on top of that... I'm also pleased to report that there are a lot of customization options in the menus. So, you know, if you're a PC gamer, you're used to tweaking, especially if you're a VR gamer. You want to have those options to be able to get the game to look the best it can on your system. And those, of course, weren't present, as they rarely are, on consoles. So on PlayStation VR, you kind of just let it do its thing. With PC, I'm very, very happy that there's sliders for uh, super sampling. There's a toggle for high-resolution textures. So if your PC can handle it like mine, oh boy, can you make this game look sweet. And it really, really does accentuate what the PC is able to do uh, with Res Infinite. As great as the game looks on PlayStation VR and Area X certainly looks stunning on PlayStation VR. It really does look a lot better when you crank those sliders up, you get that super sampling going, and you use the high-resolution textures. I was blown away again by uh, Res Infinite. So if you have an Oculus or a Vive and a beefy PC, even if you don't have a beefy PC, if you haven't played this yet on PlayStation VR, it's worth the 20 bucks. Just buy it, click on Area X, and be transported into a magical world of color and sensation. It is, uh, it's great. I want to tell you about another game I've put some hours into, and this one fits right into our discussion earlier in the week about games that are more fun than they are good. I have been playing a game on Steam called Fictorum. Now, if you haven't heard of Fictorum, it is an indie game developed by Scraping Bottom Games, which is an indie studio that raised money on Kickstarter for this project. They raised just under $30,000. Now, when you see these big Kickstarters that raise millions or hundreds of thousands, 30000 is not a lot. And this game is a little rough around the edges, I'll admit. It is very indie. But the core ideas here are so cool and so awesome that it it certainly fits in that category of more fun than it is good. I would love this game to continue to evolve and get some polish because I think with a, a layer of polish on it, it, this could be a game that a lot of people are talking about. The idea is that you play a wizard and you start your wizard 
from one of three schools, uh, fire, ice, or electricity. And you can level that character up by uh, acquiring new items and acquiring new spellbooks and sliding those spellbooks into different attacks on your character, giving you new spells. And the coolest thing about this world is that every building, every object, everything you come into contact with is destructible. You, as a wizard, can just blast your way through that, through the entire world. In fact, a lot of what you're tasked with doing in the game is destroying structures that power these portals. One of my favorite games from the Xbox 360 era, and I think is very underrated, is a game called Red Faction Guerrilla. And that was a sequel to Red Faction where everything in the environment was completely destructible. You could take down things in any order. You could just blow a hole through the wall to get into something. I just love that game. I don't think enough people talk about it. This is the closest I've had to that in a long time because, again, everything is destructible. You want to take down an enemy in a building? Just blow up the building. Just take down the entire building. But be careful. Falling rubble can hurt you too. And this game does have a lot of elements of roguelike to them. You have a health bar that does not recharge. You can only increase your health by drinking health potions, and that includes between missions. You start on an overmap uh, that is procedurally generated. Everything in the game, all the levels are procedurally generated and randomized, and you are trying to move from left to right across the map by going to different nodes and doing the missions that are all procedurally generated therein. But there's a wave of uh, dominance that is chasing you from left to right as you go. And you kind of have to stay ahead of that, too, as this Inquisition is taking over nodes behind you. And the nodes can be as simple as going to the store and, you know, buying new items with the money that you find and the uh, currency that you find along the way. Or it's an open third-person action mission where you have, you know, outdoor scenes or towns and buildings you go into the buildings and loot them finding new objects and invariably there will be enemies attacking you and you blast them with your spells you can modify the spells by by adding different elements to them making them go farther making them more powerful making them chain together split off there's different uh, sort of uh, runic properties that you can add to the spells and you can get some real distance on these spells you can take down giant buildings from across the map it's super cool and you feel amazingly powerful unfortunately as i said this is a very much an indie game and there's a lot of rough edges the ai from the enemies is very simplistic and often frustrating melee characters just run straight at you and you try to get as close to you as possible uh, there, the, the game looks a little rough. Um, you know, it's Unreal Engine game, but it's not polished. It's not perfect. The central theme of the game of kind of writing your story and, and adding new levels onto this scroll that it's all random and procedurally generated. And at the end, when you ine- inevitably die, your character has this scroll of their history behind them and future characters that you play can find their story and their scroll all of that stuff is so cool. There's so many cool ideas, the destructibility, the modification of the spells, the wizarding world. I just wish this game was a little more polished, but it is more fun than it is good. Maybe give Victorum a shot on Steam.